Here's a complicated, sensitive question. This is a question for those who are learning Torah Oyer, who recently learned Pashas Noyach, where we read the story of the Deir HaFlogger, the members of the generation of the, who built the Tower of Babel that God Almighty dispersed. And uh, God dispersed them. He made separations between them. He violated their unity, their achdos, because he wasn't happy with their behavior. Here's the question. What is a lesson for us from the fact that Hashem created divisions between members of the generation who built the Tower of Babel and were dispersed? Is this a lesson for us to draw wedges between people if they come together in a union which is for evil, for bad things? Chassidus teaches us, Toyota teaches us that unity is a good thing, to be sure. It's Hashem's weakness, right? The Torah says, the Chazal say that God's weakness is unity, that even evil people, when they're unified, He doesn't punish. But in the occasion of the Tower of Bavel, Hashem didn't punish them, God Almighty did not punish them, but He did divide them. So is it our role to create wedges between people who get along well, are unified with one another, and their interests are evil? Or is our role simply to to shine light onto the world and not to concern ourselves with being disruptive to people who have come together in a union for a, a purpose which is undesirable. Taita teaches us that unity is a very powerful force that is desired on high and it brings down divine powers into this world that are directed at the unified in a favorable way. And when people get together to create a cause which is evil, which is against the Torah, should we proactively do things to divide them up, like God did in His Torah, or is our role simply to shine light and to bring to get together for unity, unifications for favorable things, for positive things? If the argument is that our purpose is only to concern ourselves with creating unity and positive energy for good things, why would the Torah tell us the story that God created division amongst peoples if we're not supposed to imitate His lead? This is the question. Now, they may have been a little long-winded. In short, God loves unity. God created division amongst people who were unified for an evil purpose. Are we supposed to do that? Or are we not supposed to do that? And if we're not supposed to do that, why is it taught to us in the Torah? This is a very loaded question. There's a lot here. And really, there's equivocation to this. Meaning to say, the answer to every part of this question is yes and no, and maybe, and it depends. Which means that what we should do actionably reflects our level, our circumstance, and our reality, if our level were different, if our circumstance were different, if our reality were different, then there would be a different answer. I just want to give you a rule of thumb, and I'm going to say something very unpleasant. Over 200 years ago, some of the most righteous Jews in the world excommunicated Chassidim. They didn't excommunicate one person or two people, they excommunicated thousands of people. 
one of the lessons that we learned from that is when someone does something wrong as an individual and you feel righteous in banning them, excommunicating them, that requires an enormous amount of responsibility. And if you don't have the authority, the responsibility, and the nature, the goodness to do this objectively, you're not allowed to do this even to an individual. But one thing is certain, to get involved in groups and to ban entire groups is a terrible, terrible mistake. And we have to be very, very, very weary of it. Let's say this. Yes, there is room and there's also historical precedent for creating wedges between ourselves and people who we understand based on the title are evil. Yes, there is a place to create wedges between people who have collected for an evil purpose and try to disband their unity. But the rule of thumb is that whenever you're in the slightest doubt, error on the side of kindness. In general, in our lives, we encounter people in situations that uh, are a mix of good and bad. And we have an option of focusing on the good, we have an option of focusing on the bad. The difference between focusing on the good and focusing on the bad is that if we make a mistake and look at people too brightly, we haven't hurt them, we haven't hurt the world. And as al Rebbe says in Tanya chapter 32, we've created the possibility that our love for them can actually be advantageous. If we employ gvura, if we create wedges, if we use severity and exactitude and strength and create divisions, if it's the right thing to do, then it's the right thing to do. But if it's the wrong thing to do, it's devastating. Very, very destructive. The world we are living in right now is in many, many ways very ill. One of the symptoms of this illness is that anything goes. People come up with the craziest ideas and the craziest philosophies and people pursue them and they make them into ways of life and they create new religions. But there's another side to this weakness that by and large people are not evil. They're just lost, they're just confused and they're just not educated. So in today's day and age for a person to take a position, a religious position, that's critical and creates divisions and wedges between people, it's not constructive. The pushback is going to be terrible. And most of all, we're not the people to do this. We, meaning us as individuals, are not on I'll put it to you in other words. The famous story that when the Misnagdim put the Hasidim into the excommunication, Rabchaim Valojaner, who was the greatest of the Talmudim of the disciples of the Vilna Gon, refused to sign on the ban. And of course, the Vilna Gon himself did. And when he was asked, How come he's not signing? And they argued that the, the Gra, the Vilna Gon, who's like an angel of God, signed himself. Why would he not follow the, the lead of his teacher? Rabchaim said that you learn by the Akedah that when Hashem told Avraham to kill his son, he told him personally. When Hashem told Avraham to take his son off the altar and not to kill him, he sent an angel. So Chaim Valojana said, so Shechna mentioned that maybe 
So the Atavan I mentioned is Gino Gamalach. To slaughter a Jew has to be done by God personally. To save a Jew, it's another angel. And the Groa, the Vilna Gon, is a Malach, but he's not God. I believe that by Hasidim Bachlal, and by the Rebbe especially, in today's times, because the world is so sick, and yes, a lot of crazy ideas, but the crazy ideas are not coming from people who are evil. They're coming from people who are, in so many ways, Tinekis and Ishmael, like children. I think education is necessary. If there's opportunity where we can give clarity and explain things and enlighten things. But I think that in general, when we have an option to create unity or vision or division, we must always lean and err on the side of unity rather than on the side of division. And especially nowadays, because of the world we live in and because of who we are as individuals. I remember listening to a tape of a sikh of the Rebbe, where the Rebbe talked about a particular rabbi who had condemned a group of Jews in a public talk. And the Rebbe said these words, he's not a prophet. God is not pushing him to say these words. Why does he choose to speak critically of Jewish people if he can speak favorably of Jewish people? When a person is a prophet of God and God communicates to him that he must communicate a message of, of doom and consequence, the prophet is, is bound like by a muzzle, as Rashi described the film. He must say those words. So prophets said very severe things because they were forced. But the Rebbe says, you're no prophet. Who's forcing you to speak critically of Jews? If you have an option to speak critically, to speak kindly, speak kindly. And this is a position which is based, A, on the people we would think perhaps to criticize and B, and who we are. So the short answer to the question is, there is a time and place for everything. The fact that the Teda talks about this means that there's room for it. And there's precedent in history of Gedele Yisrael doing these kinds of things. But to punish a Jew, to condemn a Jew, you have to love so much. You have to be more loving in order to punish a person then you need to be in order to love a person. And until we love that much, and until our world is healthy enough that we can actually define people as bad rather than just having bad ideas, there's no doubt in my mind that our approach has to be to shine light.